Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm Troy Richards, the senior pastor here at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri. I'm joined by our worship pastor, Daniel Mawson, and we're glad you decided to join us today. This podcast was created to show how all of God's Word leads us to a better understanding of Jesus, the Messiah, our Savior and Lord. Our church is working through a reading plan to read the entire Bible in a year, and each week we invite people to share what insights they've learned and what the Holy Spirit has revealed through the reading of God's Word. We'll also address some questions, some serious, some that are a lot of fun to talk about, all from this week's reading. And we pray that you will see how amazing the Bible is to read each and every day. And by us sharing some of our highlights, we hope you will be inspired to read it for yourself. You can find our reading plan and read along with us at www.firstbaptistjackson.com. All right. Well, welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. My name is Daniel Mawson. I'm here with Pastor Troy Richards. Hey. Hey. It's a great day. We're really excited to get into it. We are joined by Haley Woods. Woo-woo. Say hi. Yeah. Hi. It's good to see you, Haley. Um, you want to get, you know, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Why are you here? Yeah. So I am a junior at SEMO. I'm majoring in social work um, with a minor in childhood trauma and outcomes. Mm. Pretty rough stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. And so what are you thinking of doing with that? Um, so the ultimate goal, like once I graduate, I'm going to work in the foster care system, okay. caseworker. Um, ultimate goal is my own private adoption agency. Wow. And adoption lawyer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Complete package. Yeah. Yes. So you're planning to go to law school mm-hmm. after you finish. At the same time as my master's in social work. That's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ambitious. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She also let drop in our college study last night that she graduated, um, was it high school early? Yeah, a semester yeah. early. So, so uh, are there law schools around here, or is that something you have to go somewhere to do it? Yeah, so I'm going to have to go to SLU. For, okay. There's actually a program where you can get your master's in social work along with your JD in law for adoption and social work. Okay. I'm not from here, so SLU is... St. Louis University. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, In the Louisiana area, SLU means something completely different. <laughs> I'm not from Louisiana, but I'm just not, I had something different in mind. <laughs> You're send me down to the SLU to study. Okay. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Cool, cool. Well, this week is um, amazing as far as uh, stuff that's going on. Well, I say amazing. It got better it, because if you started the week, this is – this is probably when we started Leviticus. It was like we've lost about half of our readers <laughs> because they've dropped off and said, "Can't do it, forget it." This is this is that next section of people who you really just have to have diligence to yep. get through the first part of Numbers. Here's the promise: if you can get through the first part, there's really some very good things in Numbers. But one of the things that they do over and over and over again is just repeat things over and over and over. Like they'll say, this is what the first tribe did. And they'll go through a whole description of what they did. And then the second tribe did it. And you're like, wait a second. That's exactly what I just read with just a different tribe name. And you'll do that 12 times each time. And so, yeah, it gets a little bit uh, tedious. But again, plowing through that, you get some better stuff. That's why the, in the reading plan, we have part Old Testament, part New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs, because if you do the whole reading, then uh, you get something good out of it. Because there, uh, because we do go on to talk about Nazarite vows. Uh, it talks about the Israelite retirement system, which is kind of neat. Uh, the 70 elders deal uh, takes place. Some really neat confrontations in uh, within the tribe of Israel. 
the people get hungry and God tells you what happens when you complain about your food. Uh, and, and then we'll also talk about they're actually going to get to the promised land in this week of reading. So that's exciting. Yes. We go through some Psalms of David. Uh, and uh, just a few, and then uh, some dabble in the, a collection of Proverbs, again, that go all over the place, but have some really good nuggets of wisdom. And in the New Testament, some major things, uh, the Syrophoenician woman encounter with Jesus, the transfiguration, uh, he talks a little bit about divorce, he feeds 4,000 people, uh, his rich young ruler uh, story that he throws in there. Uh, there's so, Mark is like compact as far as gospels go. So you have a lot of rich reading, um, that's there. So I, I hope if you didn't get a chance to read this last week, I hope you will pick up on the reading plan because, uh, there was a lot of stuff in there. So now, uh, Haley, you read, you are doing the reading plan. Yes. And right. so you we are very, you made yes, it through Leviticus and now you're in the numbers. Mm-hmm. We are really curious what stuck out. Uh, and grabbed your attention from this week's reading. Okay, so like you said, numbers was pretty rough. I didn't... I have some questions for later. Thank thank you Um, for saving us. (laughs) But something that I got from Psalms, I really... I haven't really read all the way through the Psalms before, Mm -hmm. but going through them, like, you just hear a lot of people like, oh, they're super long, super repetitive. Um, But thinking of them as songs, like that people sang back then is pretty mm-hmm. interesting to me. Yeah. And also I think David is super easy to relate to. He like constantly, not even in just this section, but constantly through the Psalms, he's constantly up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah. Um, and his highs are really high whenever he's praising God, but his lows are really low. Um, and I think a lot of us are like scared to admit that we're like that, Yeah. but it's very real. Um, Something else is that whenever he does reach those highs, he says a lot of the attributes of God that, like, have been sort of emphasized in the Old Testament, um, and especially in the New Testament whenever Jesus comes along. But the attributes are plainly spelled out um, in David's songs. Yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. What about, did you get anything out of the New Testament this week? New Testament. New Testament, New Testament. Mark. Um, whenever the Pharisees ask for a sign and Jesus says this generation won't get a sign, Hmm. is it because like, I don't know, the way I read it is like, he is the sign. Yeah. So like, he's physically there. Like you don't, he's like, I don't need you or I don't need to prove to you who I am or who my father is. So that's kind of how I took it. That's good. That? That's good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're the one reading it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's the yeah. main thing. You know, and the thing is, and, and we talked about this, one of the reasons why we really wanted to encourage people to go through this reading plan is, uh, I mean, when I read, there are things I'll look at and think, I'm not really sure I understand that, and I'll look for clarification and so forth. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of the reading that you read that the Holy Spirit speaks to you, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, you see something that I wouldn't see or Daniel wouldn't see. It doesn't have anything to do with your level of education as mm-hmm. much as it does just that you're being – that the Holy Spirit has you in tune or very sensitive to a particular aspect of the word that we didn't pay attention to. So yeah. so those are those are good things. Yeah. yeah. So don't don't ever discount that. And, and that's why I love for people to journal because mm-hmm. if you'll journal, just write down, hey, this is how I read this. Mm-hmm. And if you read through the Bible each year, then you come back to it the next year. 
you'll either you can see if God gave you greater clarification that or or look back mm-hmm. and go wait a second now it really makes more sense to me I've seen that over the years um, you know old people that's why they're so wise sometimes old people are wise only if they have been in a steady continual applying of you don't just naturally get wise just because you're old but if you have been taking your time to each time you read through the bible learn from what you learned the previous years and building on top of that well then you at least have the opportunity uh, or the potential to be uh, show some wisdom so i was uh think about it before we started the podcast just how um, for the last forever i've been in the old testament just in my personal quiet times just because it was where I thought I had the least amount of knowledge and education. Um, so I was just, I would go from Old Testament book to Old Testament book and, and just thinking that I had the New Testament kind of at least a little bit more under control in my brain. And then cycling back and reading through just even the Gospels that I thought I had a pretty sound knowledge of. I realized the last time I read through the Gospels was years ago. And I'm, I'm so much older and have so much different, how much, I don't know, more capacity to learn some of this stuff than I did when I was younger. So just cycling back, you never learn everything because you're a different person in every walk of life that you're reading. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that stuck to me in last week was from the Psalms. Uh, in Psalm 30, he says, Oh Lord, you have, you have brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm. And you know, it, there are so many times that I'm so thankful that God's anger is brief mm. because <laughs> you know you do something wrong and, and you have this – Jesus kind of incorporated into us this, this day cycle of you know focus on what's happening in the day you wake up in the morning you give the mornings to god you 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 live that life for him and at the end you're kind of repentant of the things you did but then you wake up and you start new again and that's that's when it says his joy comes in the morning it's like yesterday's over you know whatever i what happened yesterday and all the bad things it's like it's a race to the night and and now i can begin anew and live this life for uh, god and, and and so forth and it it troubles me so much when I see people who are really dwelling in yesterday or in a series of yesterdays. It's like mm-hmm. that's done. It's gone. And now now we can wake up new and, and God has some great things in store for us. So mm-hmm. cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I love the Psalms. I wrote down several of the Psalms this um this week. So it was yeah, there were some good good moments. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? Um, my big thing, I think, came from Numbers uh, this week, actually, and it was in uh, Numbers chapter 9. We're talking about um, people who weren't able to take uh, part in the Passover, right? We're talking about the first time mm-hmm. they are able to take the Passover as like an annual celebration. Um, and so just reading that and then how some people weren't able to because they were unclean or they were on a trip or whatever they were doing. And... Um, same, just seeing how God still made allowances for people who, because of sin or because of uncleanliness, were not able to take part in it. And for me, devotionally, it's like, even though sometimes we miss out on the greatest blessing because of our, um, you know, our, our wandering or our strain or just lack of understanding, um, God still, that doesn't mean we're counted out, you know, of, of the family or out of the right. blessing. God still makes um, he doesn't. He doesn't. Maybe we do lose out on the best part of something, right. but 
God doesn't say, you know, you get nothing. You had no inheritance because of your sin. Right. You just miss out on the best part. He, he still made a way for these people who had made themselves unclean to celebrate the Passover and partake of those graces. But he he didn't, just because they didn't get the best part doesn't mean they didn't get anything. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I've had other people talk to me about that this week, too. And something else I'd written down uh, last year uh, that somebody had uh, shared with me this week that they really drew their attention uh, was from Numbers 9. He says, Whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents Mm -hmm. at the command of the Lord. The children of Israel would journey at the command of the Lord. They would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. And you have this this picture of we move when he moves. Mm. And and somebody came to me and said, you know, that's really how we're supposed to follow God today. Mm. Well, even today, somebody came in the office and was saying how much better life is when you just simply follow mm. God's direction and move as he moves. And and that's what he was trying to teach the children of Israel. I can, I'm the one who knows the rhythm of life. I know what's ahead. I know whether there are enemies up there that you're going to encounter. I know the obstacles that are in front of you. So when I tell you to pause... Uh, it's uh, there's a there's a um, movie called Galaxy Quest which is kind of spoof of Star Trek or whatever. But um, anyway, if you haven't seen that movie, uh, I'll just dwell on my own little moment here. But um, they're going they have this little thing with a series of traps in it, and they call some geeky guy who knows the uh, spaceship or whatever, and he's telling them how many steps to take and so forth to avoid the traps or whatever. And so it's like three steps forward, stop, you know, wait five seconds and move and so forth. That is kind of uh, exactly what God is trying to do with us. He's saying, pause. And we mm-hmm. think, but I have such a, I have a green light. You know, it's, I should go. And he's like, you don't know what I know. You don't know that that semi is going to be pouring through that mm-hmm. intersection right now. So I need you to stop right now. And, and, and life is about learning to trust him when, uh, when he, he, he will reveal to us. Now, Christ is our cloud of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is our cloud by day, our fire by night. And, uh, and so we follow his leadership. But uh, um, sometimes I wish that uh, he was an actual cloud, an actual <laughs> pillar of fire. It would be easier, easier to see. But I, I'm kind of grateful for I, well, I am grateful for the Holy Spirit. I don't want to take away. I, want, I think God knows what he's doing. I'm not going to yeah. try to say, you should have done it this way. And then we could all. Because the way he does it now it's not just the children of Israel who get the guidance. We all we all have it. It's accessible yeah. all over the world, day and night. Um, so yeah. Well, that's really good because it's you know when they when the cloud would stop, it says later um, sometimes it just remained a day. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it would stop there, and so they'd have to get out all their stuff, mm-hmm. set up the whole tabernacle, right. get it all ready to go, and then hours later they were picking it up again. Yeah. And for me, like that's so cool because they had to live every moment as if this was what God was going to do for a long time. You know, as if they were going to stay there for days or months or weeks or, you know, and and sometimes when you use when I get used to God, like ebbing and flowing or if I get used to God doing it one way, I just assume he's going to do it that way mm-hmm. forever. You know, <laughs> and so but I don't know. Sometimes the they get up and just every morning, every time they have to look and see what God's doing. And sometimes I just assume from day to day that he's going to act exactly the same or tell me exactly the same thing. And that 
they had a physical manifestation of that, but I don't always check in with the Holy Spirit like like they would check in with the cloud. You sinner. You know? I know. You're so I know. bad. I just catch myself. <laughs> the, the, the word convicts me deeply. It's, it's funny how that happens. Painful to read it? sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of painful readings, I was uh, there was one day uh, this week I – I there were three passages that stuck out to me and it was uh and I you know when you're going through the reading I try to I'm I always look and see God what are you trying to say to me today and it's like sometimes the old testament new testament I'm I'm weird about this but I don't like it to always be new testament so I tell God mix it up a little bit for me <laughs> uh so I'll lean toward one but there are these moments sometimes where it seems like they all line up together mm-hmm. like there's something he's saying in each of those and it's you know it's kind of a random thing but it's how sure. he makes all that come together but this week um it was uh or last week uh he's in Psalm 31 he said for you are my rock and my fortress therefore for your namesake lead me and guide me which kind of goes with our cloud pillar of fire thing and then Proverbs 11:6 says, "The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the unfaithful will be caught by their lust." And then Mark 9:29 he said, "So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting." And uh, and he also talks goes on to talk about how your right hand offends you, cut it off. If your foot offends you, cut it off. If you just pluck your eye out, all these different things. But I, I was just remarking uh, to myself how seriously God takes uh, that we that we focus on the things that are hindering us from being close to him and how we need to deal with those things and not just let them be that, uh, that we have, uh, that we want to be led by him and guided by him, but it is sin that keeps us from being led by him and guided by him. We, we don't need the pillar of fire. We don't need the cloud. The Holy spirit does speak to us, but he can't speak to us if there's sin in our lives. Mm -hmm. So he, he highlights the sin in our lives and uh, and shows us that that if we are unrighteous, that that unrighteousness will be our trap. That's the snare that's going to catch us. And so if it requires prayer and fasting, it's worth prayer. That there are some things that we have to pray. You know, he there are some things that require us to make a serious effort to overcome. And some of those things require prayer and fasting. And fasting is one of those things that I think people don't want to learn how to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I get I get I could count on one hand in 30 years of ministry the number of people that have come to me and go, "Could you teach me how to fast?" Uh, it's just not something people go. I really want to learn how to do that. Um, <laughs> I've had the other. Could you teach me how to eat more? Um, but and and God be okay with it. Um, but especially in our world because you have. Uh, you have fast food signs, you have billboards, you have commercials, you have all these different things that are trying to get us to eat, 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 eat all over the place. So when you think of fasting, that's, I mean, the the desire, the, the, the nature of sin is, is that it's trying to get us to give in to our natural cravings. And when God has clearly said, I don't, I want you to deny this. I want you to deny yourself this in order that you can be faithful to me. And it can, it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. You know, some people say you shouldn't watch TV. It's like, well, that's not a general term that the Bible teaches all of us. But there are for some people, they don't need to be watching television or they don't need to be reading or they don't need to be doing this or that. It's just whatever it is that God says, I don't, I want you to deny this. And when you are struggling with something like that, one of the ways to overcome that is to um, deny yourself food. 
It, because when you deny yourself food, something that we all want and desire, then you are learning the power of self-control that we only have the ability to do through the Holy Spirit. You have to lean upon the Holy Spirit in order to be. Now, I know that people who don't know God can fast and so forth for their own reasons or whatever. But when you are doing it in, in this trying to overcome the temptations of the adversary, we have the opportunity to show this is where we get this power is from the Holy Spirit. And um, and it, I encourage people. I, I think everybody should. John Wesley used to fast one, one day a week. Um, I think fasting a meal, uh, fasting a day, fasting three days. Do you get into those kind of fasts? Uh, you do need to consult a doctor because some people have blood sugar issues or whatever. And so I always am a little hesitant to say, tell a diabetic to go fasting for three days. <laughs> but but you uh, but with clearance from the doctor and so forth, you can. Um, I think it's I think if you are if you're in a barrier, if you've gotten to a place in your prayer life and, and you and you've got something you're trying to overcome in your life and you can't seem to overcome it. Uh, fasting is one of those things that God has given us that uh, says, hey, not only try just praying to overcome, but uh, now in, in, in initiate this fasting as part of it as well. Mm. This is a good time for a break. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Um, we will take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk through some questions that we've had and that Haley's had, and um, that's it. We will see you back here in just a second. And we're back. Welcome back. We're going to talk about some questions. Questions. Haley's got questions. I do. All right. All right. What you got? So my first one comes from Numbers, and Numbers Shocking. chapter 1. Um, there's a lot of, well, in the first couple chapters, there's a lot of emphasis on how the Levites are set apart from the Israelites. Yes. Why were they, is there a reason why they were chosen to like transport the tabernacle and like why they had these special duties apart from the Israelites? Well, one of the, uh, well, first of all, Moses and Aaron are Levites. And so, um, it would stand to reason that since they are all entrusted with these things, that their tribe would be the tribe. There was a distinction made, um, and there's problems going to be later in this in this reading. I don't know if it's this week or next week, uh, but um, where some Levites are wanting some duties of the priesthood. So you have the Levites, their tribe, who's responsible for the tabernacle duties and so forth, but then specifically Aaron and his sons are given the priesthood, and mm-hmm. so you have to be a descendant of Aaron in order to be to serve as a priest. And some of the other Levites are like, wait a second, we're just as holy and righteous as you are, and so they have to have a showdown later. But the, um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, God, God does what God does. I mean, right. why did He choose Jacob over Esau? I mm-hmm. don't, you know, you don't know why He did that specifically. Why did He choose the Jewish people? Why did He pick Abraham? All mm-hmm. these different things. But that would be the best reason I could give as far as what we see is that it seems a natural thing that he would say, I'm going to set apart the tr- this tribe because Moses and Aaron uh, are a part of that tribe. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Another question. Another question. Okay. My next question is in Mark 9. Mark 9. Um, yeah, verse one. Verse one. Um, then he said to him, "Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power." Bum 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 bum. I'm not really sure what my question is, other than what in the world it? are you talking about? <laughs> That's right, because that is like a 
Big time question. Yeah. Um, the disciples were confused. Yeah, we're all, yes. we're all confused. <laughs> what in the world are you talking about? They're not alive today. I've had people even tell me they think uh, – in fact, I think a movie was done or at least a book was There's written. There's a book. A book yeah. written about John never dying as a result of this oh. passage because he's saying – uh, because we don't have a record, we have a record of the other apostles dying, and mm-hmm. John doesn't die, and so, and in fact, the Gospel of John, even uh, he alludes to that. Uh, was it Gospel or in the letters or in Revelation or whatever? Some people, some people say that this that, that was uh, it's Revelation. in the Gospel. Yeah, John says that it, uh, it's a reference that he's not ever going to die, but that's not necessarily true. But the weird part is, and not to have some, I know you're the conspiracy theory guy. I am. Um, <laughs> Revelation is the last book we have. Yeah. <laughs> there is no record in in the Holy Scripture of John's death. Uh, he outlives everybody else and uh, and writes the last, I mean, he outlives Paul. Uh, so you have, um, I've been to the Isle of Patmos. I looked for him. Couldn't find him. Uh, so, um, so I don't know where to go from there. Uh, there is, they do have records that, they, that he died. Uh, so... Just for anybody who's curious, I didn't see his body though. I didn't have him exhumed. <laughs> um, but, but the, but more so, uh, it's the idea of what he's talking about. This generation passes away. So there's all there's different perspectives on this. Because first of all, when you're reading the word, you're bringing into it this idea of inerrancy and infallibility, and believing that it's authoritative, and all those things we hold true because the word speaks to itself. So when you and I, in our inability to understand what a particular passage means, we have to come to it with that foundation. Mm-hmm. Some people don't come to it with that foundation, and that and that weakens their understanding of Scripture and so forth, and lessens its authority. But we come in with that foundation that it is an error and it is infallible, that it is true. So... Given those factors, how can this be true? And so now we have explanations, and the only qualification is it has to not contradict the rest of Scripture. It has to be something that's plausible, given what we know about God and his ability and so forth, and God can do just about anything, so that makes it a little bit easier. But the, um, but the And what would be the most natural reading? And one thought is that uh, he's talking about him coming in his his resurrection. Mm-hmm. That he's saying that you will be here when the coming of the kingdom comes, because he he is saying the kingdom of God is coming. He does come in his glorified state. Uh, could be talking about the transfiguration. Uh, he could be talking about that that some of you are going to see me glorified, and and the transfiguration is a moment when there they are, and they see Jesus and Moses and Elijah, and they have this incredible moment, and he's re- making a reference to that. And others then will turn and say, well, it depends on how you think of generation. He's talking about this age of the church that that the that those who are here are going to see the coming of the church that um, that the Holy Spirit will come and and now initiate a new age within the church. It's it's not an easy thing to sort out because a greater explanation is not given to us to say this is exactly what mm-hmm. he's talking about. But um, but there are a lot of plausible explanations that uh, so that you don't have to say oh well these people didn't live forever so he was wrong and and Jesus thought because some people. Especially secular scholar or or liberal scholars, I should say. They're not really secular, but liberal scholars will say, uh, 
Well, Jesus just was limited in his understanding. He thought his kingdom was going to come, and it didn't show up, you know, and so his followers just made the best of it. And you'll see that explanation given out there mm-hmm. in writings if you're not a good, faithful Baptist, um, <laughs> reading things you shouldn't be reading. You should ask your preacher before you start <laughs> reading stuff like that. But um, but the reality is is that there's, there's many plausible explanations that hold to um, – in keeping with the text, that uh, a reasonable person could say, "Yeah, this is I, this is probably what he's talking about." Um, so anyway, it, I, I wish it was a. I wish there were some things that were more straightforward. It reminds me of a professor I had in seminary, uh, and I would ask him specific questions because he wrote the commentary uh, for the Book of Acts and for various things. And I'd ask him questions like that, and he'd say, "You know, I don't know." <laughs> And I was like, well, if you don't know, well, then that pretty shoots it for me. <laughs> since you've spent 70 years studying this. But uh, anyway. Well, so. isn't it? And this is, I mean, this could just be dumb. But I. <laughs> just go ahead. Say could, something I, This dumb. could be heretical. But I guess the way I always read that section, it just says, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it's come with power. Right? That's the text. Right. Mm-hmm. John who does, who, yeah, who that account, he is the one that says, he didn't say they wouldn't die until the end. It right. just said they wouldn't. And John did see the kingdom of God come with power. In yeah. Re, you know, he yeah. had, in Revelation, he wrote he had a Revelation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he yeah. did see that. So I guess that's just the way I've always taken it. It may not be the only explanation, but just his literal words are literally true. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. G, John did see the kingdom of God come in power. So, yeah. awesome. Well, do you have any other questions, Haley? Yes. Well, my other question you answered earlier about the prayer and fasting. Ooh. But I was being prophetic. Prophetic. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm usually to just, the resume. I'm usually just pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But um, you mentioned the transfiguration, mm-hmm. and so I just kind of thought of this like on the spot. But how could Peter, James, and John be in the presence of that? Bum, 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 bum. Well, they were invited to be in the presence of it. I don't know that. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, Jesus has reasons for doing things. They're mm-hmm. going to have to write about it, <laughs> so to tell yeah. us, or else we wouldn't know. And again, the 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 way Mark uh, is when you're ending chapter nine verse when he says, "Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God come in power." It looks like Mark is saying. That which Mark is again a scribe for Peter telling the stories. Of, so, so this is what we believe Peter, how Peter would have communicated it. Mm-hmm. That it looks like Peter believed this is what Jesus was talking about. That he's saying, here comes the kingdom of God and His power, mm-hmm. and then here's the story of the transfiguration. So there's this gap of he said this, and then this happened, and we were there and saw it. You know, so um, and so we got to see the coming of the kingdom of God and His power. Uh, some neat things about the transfiguration. Uh, because, it, well, you see the reaction of Peter. We should build three tabernacles. We should do something amazing here because this is something um, incredible has happened. Moses has been here. Um, something somebody pointed out to me years ago was the, one of the neat moments here is you have one Elijah uh, who didn't really taste death. Who went up and, and there here he is again. Uh, and prophecies being fulfilled uh, you know, John the Baptist is the second Elijah, but also here's Elijah actually here as well. And uh, and then Moses never got into the promised land, but now here he is 
in the promised land. Through Christ, he is now in, in the promised land. So it's kind of like Moses is getting to experience something that um, that ultimately was promised to all of us. And, of course, Jesus coming in all his glory. So it's, it's this, this incredible moment of these major three people. Um, and I think it's interesting that it's Elijah and Moses uh, highlighting the, their prominence in God's mm-hmm. plan, as opposed to all the you know why not why isn't Daniel there and why isn't you know all these other different people? Uh, but but Elijah and, and Moses, God's saying these are these are some serious relationships I've had. Um, but yeah, the the three that are there, these are the three that were always brought into the inner sanctum, the three that mm-hmm. He took closer in when He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and uh, and and also John at the uh, well. I mean, Peter was there too, but uh, John at the cross, uh, and uh, Peter and John at the tomb, um, and so you, you have this. And, and when there would be times when he was going to like heal the girl, he, he took those three back with him. Uh, these are people who were kind of given um, a kind of a backstage pass to. I need you to see these things revealed uh, so that you can share them with other people. So, um, and and it, it was a high a high honor that was given to them. But yeah, these. Um, it was kind of similar to what God did with Moses. He and he told the people. He said, I, "He's a lot of people I give messages to, but Moses I talk to like a friend. You know, I have conversations with. So he's not just a normal prophet, uh, and these are not just normal apostles. So <laughs> cool, cool. Um, I had uh, a question that somebody brought up. I don't think really." It, they didn't realize it was going to be in the reading. They were talking about retirement, and does the Bible speak about retirement? And that actually comes up in this section, how it talks about how um, there's not an age 65 or whatever given, <laughs> but it does talk about how they start in the service at 25, in especially the Levitical people who are serving the tabernacle. And then at age 50, you step down. So technically, I'm already done. Uh, I'm already past. I'm already past retirement age. But uh, you had people who kind of went beyond that, you know, overachievers like Moses, that even started till he's 80. And you have Abraham, who's 75 and and moving into the hundreds or whatever. But the the standard form was that you would do this work. And, and I and I really think it's talking about more the manual labor side of it. Um, but they started at 25 and then they would work to 50 and then they were to step out of the way and then the younger people were to step in. So God does have kind of a, a means for retirement. It actually is. A, but uh, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be faithful and serve as long as you possibly can. The difference is in our culture today and then is that that's the honoring your father and mother was about when they stop doing uh, working at age 50 or whatever age they stop working, uh, then the children who are working are their retirement plan. So you had a lot of children, and they're taking care of you through uh, your old age, and and that's the only commandment with promise. He says, if you will do this, then you will live long with life. And you can think of practical reasons for that, but um, but it's also a promise from God. And I think that uh, one of the things God is saying is, is that I'm going to preserve your life because you're the one who's taking care of your parents, you know, and so you need to be here. And uh, and, and that's one of those things the Pharisees tried to get around. And I think that's one a problem we have today, as I think people try to find a way not to do that, to not take care of their parents uh, so that they can have more for themselves. So, Haley, let this be a really strong lesson <laughs> for you. The Bible very strongly encourages that you take care of your parents. And I hope my children are listening, are listening to this. Today. Yeah, I hope they're Well, it's really great because it's like, you know, as a – as a young person, you think, you know, these people are thinking, I don't want to spend 
what's left of my life, maybe taking care of my parents, maybe, you know, yeah. and what, what God's saying is that you're not losing out on your life. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you more. I'm right. going to make it better, to, right. you know, to quote, if you feel like you're missing out, it will yeah. be made up for, yeah. you know. Yeah, he returns everything. He returns yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like God just says, obey me or else. Yeah. He actually gives promises with his yeah. commands. And that's, he, ass- he assures it, us we, will be, we yeah. will be taken care of as well. That's the difference between our God yeah. and other gods. And we're, we're really teaching another generation. By us caring for our parents, we're teaching our children, this is this is how what we do. And, and that's actually a practical reality in my own life. Mm-hmm. My mom's care for her mother and my dad's mother um, – is what has shown me how to care for her, mm-hmm. you know, and me caring for her shows my children how to care for us. Mm-hmm. And you pass that from one generation. But if you show hatred towards your parents and show uh, a selfishness of not, well, you can kind of expect that's going to be coming for you, mm-hmm. you know, when, when that comes around. So, and yeah. social security doesn't cover everything. So <laughs> excellent. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk just a little bit about what's coming up around here. Big stuff coming Big up. Stuff. Um, so hang tight. We'll be right back. Welcome back. All right, Pastor Troy, what's going on? We got some great things going on. First, I just want to highlight that we're in the middle of our Who's Your One campaign and um, Who Is Your One? And everybody should have one that they are... um, that they are focusing on, sharing the gospel, being intentional with the gospel. I'm just going to share that uh, my one, that because somebody asked me um, this last week, they said, hey, I can't think of anybody except some family people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, you absolutely can make it a member of your family. It can be a child, grandchild, cousin, aunt, nephew, uncle, whatever, because it's about thinking of one person who needs to hear the gospel. And uh, my one... Um, actually I had the opportunity to share the gospel with them and they prayed to receive Christ. So that's my praise report. Right. Uh, I'm, as far as I know, I'm the first one who's, <laughs> who's got their one to respond. It was, and it was that's my grandson, fast. my grandson Finnick. He was my one that I, I said, you know, I, why would I not choose him? And that, and this is my thought process was that I'm going to prioritize the people that are closest to me that need to hear the gospel. So uh, I knew his heart was sensitive. So I said, I'm going to pray for 30 days for him to have an opportunity to receive the gospel. I was praying, you know, each week. Last week, I thought I was going to have an opportunity to share. Didn't work out. Continued to pray. And then uh, had a, just an incredible God-ordained opportunity uh, to be able to talk to him about Christ. And uh, and he was so, his heart was heart was so ripe. It was like low-hanging fruit. It was just easy to, uh, it was, I mean, very little effort on my part. Just He was just ready for somebody to ask him the question and, and, and pray to put his trust in Christ. So, and I think that um, that is what everybody, so everybody, I just want to say that to encourage you, that uh, who, just a name, Does, don't, don't say God, oh, they're related to me, or oh, I know this person all the time. Just whoever is one who needs to hear the gospel, that's the person you start praying for, that encounter. Focus on that one. And if God brings another one um, besides that person, don't say, no, no, they're not my one. I'm not going to share the gospel with you. You're not my one. Uh, that kind of goes back to our Syrophoenician woman uh, yeah. example of, of, you know, she's she's the one ready and ripe. But, um, but anyway, uh, I hope people continue to pray and seek those opportunities and look for uh, a reason to share the gospel with somebody. Also, uh, Easter eggs. So what's, what's, uh, what do they need to bring Easter? They need plastic eggs. They need plastic eggs. And we need – it's not in the hundreds, 
or many it's it's in the thousands of Easter eggs. What's it five thousand Easter eggs we need and candy to fill those eggs. Okay. So if you've got a dollar to go to the dollar <laughs> store and get a pack of eggs, they 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 told me they're desperate okay. for eggs. Yeah. Um, and this is a great ministry thing that they do. Um, hundreds of kids come and um, they get to hear the gospel. Yeah. And it's a, it's not just an Easter egg hunt. It's an intentional time that they take, and it's a really high quality deal that they do. So um, it's a great outreach. It's great because outreach. Because this yeah. is something everybody in this community is looking for a place to take their young children to go hunt Easter eggs. We're providing that venue for them, knowing that we are also going to share the story of the resurrection with those children and get an opportunity to interact with parents and also get a chance maybe to share the gospel with them as well. Yeah. So. so it's a really good time. Definitely worth the dollar fifty investment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All we're asking is you bring candy and eggs, right. and people come to know Jesus. All right, is it worth the salvation of one person for me to donate plastic <laughs> it's a eggs? Trade. The answer is yes, it is. It is worth that. So. Yeah. What else we got going on? Oh, uh, we got um. Well, is that it? Is that all that, we had? I mean, there's stuff. There's always stuff. There's a women's there's ministry event on stuff. Saturday. If you're a lady, go to that. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. I wouldn't know. But I'm sh- I'm told good things about it. That's exactly yeah, right. So and we've got our basics class. If, basics it's still class, uh, yeah. it's still early enough to get in. If you're wanting to learn more about uh, First Baptist Church, we can. Uh, I teach a class on about First Baptist Church yep. and what we do, our mission here, and how you can be a part of that mission uh, to reach this community for Christ and the world as well. So, um, so I hope you'll come be a part. Our our Bible studies and Sunday school will meet at nine fifteen on Sunday mornings. Then we have worship at ten thirty. If you're the kind of person just wants to show up at a worship service, we have a space for you and, and hope you'll come join us. Daniel leads our I worship. Lead that, yeah. yeah. It's pretty amazing. It's and so um, and we have uh, all kinds of great things going on for everybody. So uh, And then Wednesday night Bible studies start six, and uh, and so we have something for all the family as well. Yep, yep. So visit us on our website, fbcj.us. And thank you so much for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast. We'll get you later. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast put on by First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you would like more information, you can find us online on our website at firstbaptistjackson.com. You can email us at daniel at firstbaptistjackson.tv. Or you can find us on social media, First Baptist Jackson on Facebook and FBCJMO on Instagram. We've got a lot of content in all of those places, and we would love to hear your questions on the content that we cover. If you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can email us and message us at any of those ways, or you can call the church office at 573-243-8415, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.